That always seems to get me, that extra little <laughs> thing in that promo. You're a little ADD this morning. I'm eager, I think. I should say, yeah. I'm eager, but we, we've got quite a bit to talk about. We do, we do. And we, it's just you and me. Yeah. It's, it's almost like it's quiet in here. It's like a, a there's, there's less squirrels of, in the room. There are a lot less squirrels in the room. How are you, Brett? Good, man. Good to see you, Mike. Yeah, you it's too, nice. man. Another edition of the Futurology Show right here in Cliff Central. Lovely. Lovely. And uh, yeah, we've had some good responses on, on the podcast. So if you are listening to the show and you haven't been using iTunes or listening to the podcast, feel free to subscribe to us. And you can catch up on anything we've said recently and anything we said way back when, because we've done quite a few shows now this year we have we have it's coming up for six months almost which is good it is good it's good yeah. it's been enjoyable it's, it's gone by like this it has i mean but this whole year has just gone by like that I know. Hasn't we're it? in august we're in august she's going into spring soon yeah thank goodness that's flipping amazing but there's lots changing not just uh in how the, the show has been formatted and how we've uh grown as a team I and mean, we was b1 and my, my, myself and now it's a uh, the the trio, the trio Brett Sinclair, yeah. Mike Cowan, and Brett Lindsay, and uh, we've got other things to talk about, and a, a lot of great guests, a lot of great insights that we've got over the over the past couple of podcasts, and we've got some exciting news to talk about. Yes, in uh, some of the collaborative efforts that we're putting together in a, a little entity called What's the Future. Well, let's simplify it. WTF, bro. WTF. I, I showed my kids that name the other day. They, the, my youngest one laughed for half an hour. He's like, are you really, Dad? Are you really? <laughs> yeah. But do you know what that means, Dad? Yeah. What the future, man? What's the future, yeah. Absolutely. But since we've been doing the show together, I mean, that's a lot of the sentiments coming from this is, yeah, what's the future? And it's great that we've got futurology, the study of exactly. the future. But more practical, people are asking, well, what is it? And how do we... How do we do this? Uh, absolutely. Um, and, and, and you know what? It's a big question because change is coming at us at such a rapid rate. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and, um, in fact, you, you know, it's, it's where Brett Sinclair is today. He, he's off on a keynote. Um, oh, really? He is. He's down in Cape Town on a keynote. Nice. And, and, he, and he's talking about it, this experience that, you know, he went through at the bank and he's talking about, um, the, this rapid ascent of, of digital that's coming at you at a rapid pace. And, and you, you know, Brett, the, the challenge for, for us in, 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 in today's world is not that digital is happening because at the end of the day, you, you know what? Politics follows economics and economics follows technology and technology defines how we think and, wow. and behave. Well, we've got, we got to retweet that. I think we have tweeted that. Yeah, you, did I, a, I, you did a I, keynote recently or I, a I webinar. Did, I did. And, I, and I, I sat down and I spent a bit of time thinking about it. That's a really good one. Nice. It is a good Say one. Say it again. Politics follows economics yes. and economics follows technology. And technology defines how we live and behave. That's brilliant. Yeah, but but I mean, think about it. Because yeah. if we go back to you know when when the plow was invented, suddenly we move from uh, 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 nomads to 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 farmers effectively. Yeah. You know, suddenly the printing press was redefined, was built and and or, or was was created, and that changed our education system. And it's not that technology is becoming. Um, uh, it's not the internet that's changing. It's the speed of change that exactly. the internet is actually bringing. Yep. And, and I think that's where a lot of organizations are really struggling with this because uh, this change is, is coming at, at such a, such a rapid pace. And I think I spoke about it in one of the earlier shows, Kevin mm. Kelly's 12 immutable laws. And his first one is the theory of becoming, you know, you're not a human being, you're a human becoming. Yeah. Which, which means you, you never really are a subject matter expert because the pace of change is moving so fast. You can never actually keep up with your discipline. Yeah. Um, and, and, and your, your discipline has been redefined on a daily basis. And it's, 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 it's a challenge when we don't take the blinkers off and, and suddenly we find our, 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 our discipline has been redefined into something else. It's quite scary. No, that's it. I mean, the one thing we do know is that the only thing constant in life is change. Yeah, and, exactly. I mean, we find ourselves as possibly in the consulting roles as agents of change. Yes. But how to do that in such a way that it's not so much highlighting the change, but yes. allowing that change to be adopted. Yes, uh, uh, absolutely. I, I th and I think that that's a great point because, you, you know, the change is going to happen. Whether you want it to happen or not, yeah. you really have no choice in this matter. How bumpy What's is it? the road? We're not saying it's going to be completely smooth, but there is a bumpy road ahead. Uh, I think it depends what road you're actually on, um, Brett, because some, some roads are different to others. You know, if, if, if we just look at the, uh, the podcasting world. Yeah. Uh, I mean, what's happening just in, in this space that we're playing with here. Yeah. I mean, it, disrupting been, and changing exactly, things as we exactly, speak. Exactly. Um, but if you, if you're selling bricks, 
Yeah. You know? <laughs> The, the, the change is going to be a little bit slower and, and the disruption is not going to give you such a snort clap. It's going to slow down a bit and you got to, you got to. Until we start 3D printing buildings. Exactly. Which, which may be a thing of the future. Who yeah. knows what the future's got? Exactly. Exactly. And uh, I mean, with this, this entity that we're creating, this watch the future, we've yeah. got a tagline of everything is about to change. Yes. And the truth really is that everything is changing. Everything is everything changing. Everything is changing. So I mean, within, within the space of us dreaming up this, this consulting firm, if you will, this, yeah. this, change agent uh, opportunity uh we've changed already and it's and it's Absolutely. in its infancy and that's the thing you've got to be adaptable and agile enough to accept that change is a part of what we're doing yes and absolutely. innovation breeds progress absolutely and there's a lot of these things i mean just looking back we, we're good in the show looking back and then throwing forward looking back at i mean since i came out of varsity about what 17 years ago uh there's lots of people saying, well, what's going on? It's all moving too fast. And that was back then. Yeah. And we've had the exponential growth and rate of change has increased Absolutely. dramatically since then. Absolutely. But the big thing was older people coming and saying, hold on, hang on, just wait a minute. W- wait a minute. We're, we're not ready for this yet. Just, yeah. just wait a minute. The problem is that <laughs> no, when, you're hanging, when you're hanging on and waiting yeah. minutes, an entire life goes by. It does. And you miss your consumer. You miss your opportunity. You, you do, um, and, and, you, you, if, if we look, you know, I, when I started working, and I'm not this old, you know, it sounds quite old. I wasn't aiming that at you, though. No, no, no. Although, if Brett Sinclair was here, we'd probably jump on yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He, he'd be giggling like a little beast right now. <laughs> but, but when I first started working, I never had an email address. You know, we used to have memos that we used to put into a little brown envelope that got distributed around the country. So, you did, did you even have a fax machine, though? We did have a, oh, okay. fax, you had a machine, fax machine, but you, okay. but you had to distribute your memos through the actual, um, the actual, uh, system. The pigeonholes? The pigeonholes and all did of that. Did you have one of those vacuum systems? Do you remember Macro? Way yes. back when, where they used to have the little vacuum systems at the tools. Yes. So you used to put the invoice into the little tube uh, and then uh, up it went the chute. But I mean, so that's, that's a change. I'm, I'm amazed I remember that. So. No, but, but I mean, I'm when I started. Possibly not as young as I thought I was. No, but this is <laughs> the scary part. This is how fast life's moving. Exactly. I never had an email address. My first email address was, and the first time I ever connected online was when I was sitting at work. Yeah. You know, and, and, and now it's, it's redefined absolutely everything. But when I started marketing, and, and maybe this is a question we should be asking G-Man outside. G-Man the, the ad man who's on the show the just before man. us. Shout but, out. But, still in the, still out there. How's it, bro? But, but I mean, his industry has been disrupted. <laughs> yeah. Ph- phenomenally. And, and when I started marketing, we were throwing mud against the wall through TV and print yeah. and radio. Um, but now, we, we, we sending the quality of the experience. So I'll give you a simple example of this. And I'm sure I've used it on the show before. I had a problem with my phone. So I go to the, the court or well, the service center. The guys can't even get the phone from the call center or the service center through to, to, you know, the, 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 the remote service center to the main one. Too many processes. Too many processes. It takes them a week to actually get it there. It's an hour's yeah. process to fix it. So eventually I get in the car and drive across. But then I, I have a problem with my Kindle. I phone Kindle. I don't know where I spoke to, where, which call center in the world I spoke to. Probably was in Russia it? somewhere. Yeah. yeah, somewhere. And this is Amazon. And you know what? They had a, they had a Kindle for me at my front door the next morning. But this is what the competition is. Yeah. Your competition doesn't sit in a vertical or, 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 or a channel anymore. It's the quality of the experiences that we have. But so that's, that's the digitalization of the world yeah. is helping with optimized processes and better service yes. delivery and a lot of these things. And, and that's, Part of the scary nature of change that a lot of businesses are seeing today is that we know we need to be a part of it. We just have no idea. Like this, this train to digital transformation. Yes. Where's the station? <laughs> the big word. Will it slow down for yeah. long enough for me to get on? And, yes. and once I'm on, will I know where I'm going? I, I think the more important question is, am I fast enough to get on the train? Yeah. Cause you kind of, it's not a train with a station. This no, train doesn't stop. It doesn't stop. And it stop. keeps going. It but moves. With that in mind, I mean, like, I have no doubt that we are going through a digital renaissance. Yeah. It's, it's, we've heard the, the fourth industrial revolution and we've heard, um. What, what do you mean by that? What, a digital renaissance? No, no, the, 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 the fourth industrial revolution. Well, this is just terms that I've heard thrown around. I mean, it's yeah, just, I've heard it and I'm like, I'm like, what does this mean? Come on, guys. So somebody with, that actually knows more about this than, than the two monkeys in the studio at the moment. Yeah. Come tell us about the fourth industrial revolution but it really is this exponential growth of change it's got to be yeah. around how technology is evolving so fast that 
we don't even know where we're at yet. 100%. And I think it's, it's this great buzzword that we're all throwing around. Hey, we're in the fourth industrial, it's okay. We're in the fourth industrial revolution. We're not meant to know. Yeah. And I think it's, it's becoming this, the scapegoat for ignorance. I think that's, so. that's what I feel. No, I, because I, it's not I, defined no, enough yet. No, I think there's a better solution. The consultants created it. <laughs> well, there we go. Yeah. Death to they, the specialists they, and consultants. They, they needed something else to actually hang their head on. But I honestly do believe that a better term would be the digital renaissance. This awakening that what we can yes. do within this digital space is allowing us to do more and more better things. It's not Absolutely. just trying to do quantity. Because while the consumers are getting more and more connected and having more and more of a voice, they're becoming more and more, and more discerning on the quality yeah. of service, the quality of the products, the speed at which those products are delivered. And because of that, business has to keep up. And a lot of this, a lot of the business complaints that I'm hearing is how do we get there? We how know we, we they, they know they've accepted. Yeah. We know we need to get there. And I think it doesn't come without pitfalls. It doesn't. It, it really doesn't. And, and I think in fact, if, if, you're not failing on those those approaches uh, on how to get there. You're mm. not doing it right, you know, because you're you're not actually putting yourself out far enough. And yeah. and, and you know, you know, we we had Justin Kutzier quite a while back on, yeah. on the talking agile. agile, yeah. yeah. And and this is really what it comes down to 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 Brett. Um, but you know, if if I look back at, at at some of the other conversations we've had on the show, really around the future of work. Mm. And, and, you know, the, the role of education. I mean, think about it. Um, you, you know, if, if, if you kind of at, a, at the age group of say 60 odd or, or, or whatever that is, um, how, how do you reskill yourself in a world that is fundamentally changing and how we have to embrace and, and respond to customers? It, you know, how, how do you physically reskill yourself? How do you practically yeah. reskill yourself? How do you educate yourself? When we talk about, oh, it's very easy. We just redefine things and, um, you know, we just give guys new skill. But if you've never had the right skill in the first place, and this is the challenge in these organizations. It's very, very difficult for a lot of these organizations to, to, to manage this pace of change because the capabilities and the capacities in the organizations and the willingness and the, and the knowledge and understanding is not there. I think when it comes to things like change, especially big change, yeah, the best thing to do is to start. You have to. I agree. And I think there's, I mean, we're seeing a lot of our suppliers and a lot of our partners all or taking some sort of digital or innovative approach and they're, they're creating these little hubs within yes. themselves. Um, I think the first advice would be create an innovative hub, but without yourself, like put it on yeah. the outside and allow it the opportunity to fail. Because what happens is these big corporates, these big established enterprises with long legacy yes. processes and service delivery and, and things that you don't really want to disrupt just yet. Just you can't disrupt from within because you've got to protect your own brand that you've built 20 something years, 30 something years building. Absolutely. Put this little hub on the side and allow it to do what it needs to do, which is learn by failing. It, it does. And, and I think it really opens up the conversation, Brett, to, to how you approach this transformation you have yeah. to go to. And I'm not going to use the word digital because I think it's far more, mm. um, substantive than just digital. It's about people. Yeah. You know, and I, I see some of my clients coming to me and they say, no, we need to build the app. And it's like, well, what is it about? It's actually about people. Yeah. And we've got to solve the problem for the people. Yeah. And the app is just a mechanic to do that. Well, that's exactly it. Uh, I mean, I wrote a, a, a couple of blogs a while yes. back called a recipe for change in a digital world. Yes. And, at the end of it, I haven't actually expanded on it yet, and I think anybody that may have read it may have been a bit angry with me, but I ended the second part, the second blog with, I've learned this through all of my years of, yeah. of formative business and all this, is that I love to cook. And I haven't elaborated it. I love yeah. to cook. So but this is what you've learned out of your business yes, experience. Yes, you can, you can hear all the complaints that you want from businesses so and digital. I'm sorry, Brett Sinclair's not here right Yeah, now. no, but I love to cook. And here's why, because it, it leads to design thinking and agile thinking. Yeah. When you go to cook a dish... A meal, a roast, a, a baker cake. You don't think, I'd really like to dice some carrots today. No, you That's don't. not your go-to. No, it's You're not. thinking, I'm going to create a meal that'll have an experience where we'll gather people together, we'll share a moment, we'll share a meal, we'll talk, and we'll have fun. Yeah. That's the moment. That's the moment. Now, ah. people forget about this in business. They go straight to the dicing of the carrots. So we'll have a client come to us and say, I don't care what you do, yes. but you have to dice some carrots. I'm like, but 100%. we're making a cake. The carrots don't even fit. And it's this idea of stop asking how we're going to do something. Start asking why you need to do something. Exactly. Especially if it's not even a carrot cake. Exactly. Yeah. We're trying to make some lemon poppy seed cupcakes yeah. with carrots and it's not going to work. Yeah. So it's a very sort of out there analog, but or analogy, but 
it's very, I think it's very true into the yes. nature of how people approach it. Clients are approaching this change. They find people that have maybe got a flag raised that says, we've got some case studies behind us. We've, yeah. we've made some change. We've, we're being successful in the space of disruptive innovation. But don't then go to the people you're trying to get extract information from and tell them how they must do it. Exactly. When you haven't yet figured out the why you should be doing it in the first place. I I think that's a very, very good point. I mean, Simon Sinek goes on about the golden why and start with why and all these things. And and you know what? It's, it's, it's like so many of these things, Brett, it's a, it's a very subtle process. And uh, I'll give you another example. And, And after I've given you the example, I want you to expand on your thoughts about the second or the, or the evolution of your post there yeah. and you're thinking how it's evolved from there. But, you know, we, we, we tend to think we're in business to solve our problems. We're not. We're in our business to solve our customers' needs. Yeah. But if we look at it from a customer, if we all just imagine for one second we're customers, yeah. we really don't give two shits about the business. We are there to solve our needs, yeah. our problems, and we're looking for solutions to our problems. And the rest is actually irrelevant. And yeah. as customers, we want to buy from people who actually understand with us, uh, understand us, empathize with us. Yeah. And it's a very, very subtle thing. And when we look at most of the marketing communication, it's dead boring. Yeah. It's choke boring. It's vomit. It, it's, it's like, but wait, there's more. <laughs> exactly. It's you not know? info. It's not that infomercial sell anymore. It's not no. the shout. It needs to be very relevant. It needs to have Absolutely. context within the life of the consumer. Absolutely. And it, Ultimately, needs to fulfill the need. It does, and there's a lot of. I think one thing I've I've said to clients that have products is, what if tomorrow every single consumer that you have, or every single mark, everybody in the market yeah. that you're you're approaching, if they woke up tomorrow, absolutely did not need your product, ever. Yeah. What do you do? What what happens? Because everybody talks disruptive, they talk yes. about it, they talk around it, but what does it mean? When it's real. When it's real. Absolutely. If nobody needs your product or your service tomorrow, what is your game plan? Because now we're starting to get into an agile work path. A hundred percent. Absolutely. And, and this is a challenge. Most guys don't have a game plan. Yeah. Um, and you uh, see the guys that, that have a game plan. They're willing to, to explore. They are. But, but you, you know, I, I think this, this talks to a very, very important approach to things. But mm. let me use Xerox. They're a great example on, 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 on this approach to transformation. You know, Xerox used to sell printer, uh, printers. Um, and, you know, as digitization happened, um, the requirements for printing changed quite substantially. You know, I don't know how much you print, but I never print anymore. I try to avoid it as much as yeah. possible. Yeah. Uh, I mean, certainly 15 years ago, my, my office was full of printed paper. Yeah. So, so what Xerox did is they applied a, a, a two-step approach. And, and the first was to say, how do we refine our printing model? Because this is the core essence of our business. If we destroy this essence, it means we have no future. Mm. Um, so you, you really got to go in and, and refine the, the essence of what that, that business is. And certainly when we look at the, the process of transformation, we think of it in three steps you mm. know, in terms of what's the future is the first step is really the process of refinement. It's taking your core engine and optimizing it, but it's really about making some quick things. wins, things you can do today Absolutely. or this week or this month. Not only that, um, and that's a very important point, but it's really about how do I make things cheaper, faster, better? Um, it, so- it sounds like an old banking habit, doesn't it? Yeah. But, I don't know if that, those guys are around anymore. Yeah, I don't know. They've changed. They've changed. They've changed. Well done. Yeah, I don't know how much they've changed. Cheaper, but, faster, better. Yeah. But, but you know, it's kind of saying, wait a minute, I've got a call center with, human pe- with humans in it. Do I now automate that call center with bots? You know, this is the kind of change that we're talking about. And most people call this digital transformation. There's nothing transformative about it. It's innovative, surely. Yeah. But it's not transformation. Or we mustn't get confused, certainly in this context, of what that innovation equals transformation. It doesn't. Innovation may give you more sustainability through the next couple of years. Mm. But if the fundamental essence that is the core of your business is not operating 100%, you will fall apart at some stage because it's your point. It's like suddenly your customer doesn't really want to know. And this is what Xerox did exceptionally well is they actually refined that core. But they actually created a second core. And I think the the shareholder activists have actually broken the business in two. Um, And I think it's called Conduit. But essentially, okay. they said, wait a minute, where do we go in the future? What do we do? Where, where, what do How we do we stay relevant? How do we stay relevant? Um, but, but to the same group of customers. Yes. We're not redesigning our customer base. And they looked at the process, the world of business processing, and they, they created a whole new vehicle. But the challenge with, with this vehicle um, is the capability and the capacity because you need new skill sets 
to manage a redefined business. So if you re- refine the business, you can certainly translate a lot of the skills you've got into that process mm. if you're not jettisoning them out through automation or whatever it is. But when we're starting to look at what we call the second step refocus, you've got to manage your your skills and capacities in a very different way. And an example of this is Adobe. A great simple example. Love you know, Adobe. Yeah, you, you know it very yep. well. It's it's a core part of your business. We're on the subscription model. We yep. got about ten of them. Yeah, but bef- yep. before you were on the subscription, we model, bought the product. You bought the product. Yeah, the annual licenses. Uh, exactly, and and the model here, and just think about the behind the scenes capacity, also across all of the different silos, whether it's HR, finance, distribution, mm. doesn't matter. Suddenly you're selling a pack. For yeah. a specific price, your metrics become quite critical around that. But oh, when you when they count, they counted piracy exactly, and they the same product, no, 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 wrapped but, differently, presented differently. But but it's a refocus of this product. Yes. No, it's a complete change. It's an overhaul of the core essence of yeah, the yeah, business. Okay. But what it does mean when we look at the metrics, they're completely redefined, and that's yeah. the critical e- element to transformation. Have you how are you measuring your business being read? You know the the method methodologies that you use yeah. to measure your business have they been redefined? If the mm. answer is no, you haven't transformed. Yeah. If the answer is yes, you have definitely transformed. Because if we're running a SaaS model, we're looking at subscription, we're looking at content marketing, we're looking at a whole lot of different metrics mm. as opposed to product sales, um, uh, sales per per head, distribution metrics, stock in warehouse. Well, if you think about it, completely fundamentally it's, different. Revolutionized and, and accelerated the speed at which business is happening. I mean, I've heard, we've had quotes on here around, uh, what's a business at the speed of thought. Yes. And it's this idea that you can sell one product for, with a year license that people may or may not renew. Cause once yeah. you bought that product, you've got it for until you upgrade. If you, if you upgrade. If, if you have to, upgrade. if you have to upgrade. Um, but that kind of puts all your metrics into this, you know, calendar year. So how quickly are you actually reacting to the market needs? Because I mean, every every quarter there might be a need, but now with the subscription model, there's month to month. It's month to month. Now exactly. month to month, exactly. we are seeing the uptake, month to month. Yeah, we're seeing the retention, month to month. Month to month, exactly. And we're able to provide better. Be well on on Adobe. I get access to the beta stuff, yes. so I get access to the stuff before it actually is live. Yeah, and they can test now exactly. in a live in a live environment. Exactly. It may exactly. or may not. I really hope some of the things I'm testing do go into fruition. Yeah. But there's the knowledge that some of it may not. Exactly. Uh, I mean, this is exactly what... But how else do you test that? How else do you test this? This is exactly how Google does it. It goes into Alpha. It goes into their staff base. Yeah. The staff, I think, is sitting at 30,000 plus. More than enough of a sample to actually test, validate, iron out all the product, the problems, goes into beta, goes into all of their key partners around the world. They, they get access to t- technology. And they start, to re- they start to refocus. Exactly. And they start to test and refine, test and refine. And Google's tracking every one of these points, which you couldn't do if you're selling a product. You really no. couldn't. And so, then yeah. you said there was a third one. So it's Yes. Well, well, the third one is really a process of reinvention. Yeah, um, so we've got to refine. Refocus and reinvention. And, and I'm going to give you a great case study in South Africa that, that actually defines this beautifully. Um, Naspers is a very, very interesting business. They, yes. they, the, the, also, yeah, they, they, the, probably the, the, the most valuable a business on, on the African yeah. continent. And if you haven't heard of them, get out of the rock that you're under <laughs> yes. and, uh, come ask some questions. Yes. Or, or just turn on your DSTV and you're looking at NASPERS. That's oh, really If you haven't heard of them, then hopefully you, you don't have DSTV yet. But. Exactly. But, but if we look at, 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 what started as Mnet evolved yes. into multi-choice. This is really their refined product. Yeah. But they also understand at some point, and in fact, I think Chris Beck is kind of laughing at the guy saying, I'm amazed you guys are still around because I didn't expect you to be surviving yeah. and doing as well. I mean, granted, they've got absolutely no competition in the country. you know. So if you want decent viewing, wait, yes. wait, wait. <laughs> I'm coming to that. Um, but if you want decent viewing through satellite yes. or, or through a TV, where do you go? Not on internet. You have to go to DSTV. And, and they've refined them. Well, multi-choice now. I mean, yeah. Multi-choice, yeah. And, and, and what they've done is they've continually refined and they run an ex- excellent ship. They, their numbers are growing and, and they're still a very, very profitable unit within the NASPERS group. Yeah. But if we look at the refocus, they launched Showmax a couple of years ago. This was a deliberate strategy to cannibalize multi-choice. And the, it was in response to Netflix. And on, and that Altec node that came out a couple yes. of years back. Or, or, that, all got squashed really quickly. Absolutely. All all the on demand streaming that, that has come through. Yeah. But but 
when Naspers looks at their business, they're saying, okay, we've got to protect our, our users against Netflix. That's yeah. one qu- equation. But the, the other equation is, what is Netflix actually doing to multi-choice? The question then is we need to run Showmax. Because all of a sudden the customers were doing something Absolutely. different and their needs Absolutely. changed. Absolutely. And I now have multi-choice subscription yes. and I have a Showmax subscription bundled in one. Okay. So what they're doing is they're giving me access to both. Which is really, And are you really extracting cool. maximum value from both? Are you feeling as a customer? <sighs> Just as a market research, one question. No, I, I, I'm, I, I keep telling my wife I'm canceling uh, multi-choice because I find it too expensive. I, you know, it's, it's about a thousand rand a monthly subscription. But now that's what a monthly subscription starts to dictate in the consumer space. And that's what we found yes. with the fiber hoods and all these guys coming up is that if there's data or something or some sort of service accessed via a monthly subscription. Absolutely. We're a lot more discerning because now we have a little bit more power. We do. We can discern, is the quality of service worth the price I'm paying? 100%. Or is the price of paying too high for what I perceive the service to even be? Yeah, absolutely. And now the problem with Showmax, well, the one thing with Showmax is really there's a limited choices unless you're going to go completely off the network. Yeah, or, 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 or kind of bundle some alternatives. And, yeah. and, and you know what? I, I go full data. Go full data. And, and I wouldn't be surprised at some point to see Supersport bundle out into a streaming solution because that's really what's holding they really uh, it makes sense i mean they've kind of built the the bridge already they they, they have their on demand is brilliant their box office is brilliant it'd be great if if you could just have all fiber subscriptions so your netflix and wherever else you get your media um but still have access to something like a dstv box office just every now and again because price to price it's cheaper on box office than it is on apple tv yeah. So I can rent, I can get my on-demand content you via can. Apple TV, Absolutely. or I can get it on box office. But I don't want to have to pay a whole premium account to get access and be locked into a 24-month contract. It's an interesting thought, that because so, I, I, I mean, we're, we're a sample of two. No, but, but, but it's an interesting thought because, you know, obviously box office came out or, or, or really the, the on-demand side of multi-choice came out when, when Showmax was, was evolving. Yeah. And, and my understanding is that they actually run on two different technology platforms. Yeah. They don't actually share the technology platforms. What it does do is it gives them a potential future product. Yeah, because now it's not a value add. It's a value everywhere. Absolutely. But also what they're doing is they're building capacity and capabilities inside the organization. Yes. And, and you, you know, I, I cannot uh, emphasize how, how important this actually is. And I'll give you an example. What, what, one of the guys that, that we did some work with, um, Justin specifically was working with him. They, they needed, this client needed to grow a business from $6 billion to $12 billion. They looked oh, at this okay, and said, cool. all right, we need to spend 49 million in the context of six to 12. 49 is yeah. not a lot of money. No. They had a strategy around building apps, et cetera, et cetera. Um, by going into the, the, to the organization and actually doing a, a lean agile design process or really re- evaluating the framework, um, they came out with a brochure. Um, and the entire cost of that was about a 700. Test with a brochure. You don't need to build a whole app. Exactly. And, and, and the outcome was that all they needed was the brochure. They didn't need the app. So it cost them 750,000, which may sound like expe- it's expensive, but the value back was they saved 48,250,000, which is an enormous amount. And that was a monthly expense. You know, so su- suddenly you've got a big chunk coming back into your balance sheet that yeah. you can inject into a cash flow that uh, requirement somewhere else to reinvent or redo something. But but let me finish on 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 Naspers because yeah. the reinvent is if we look at Naspers, what they've done is they've changed the core of their engine, but they're also changing who they served, and they went and invested into Tencent. They mm. effectively became a a massive venture capital business. Uh, I mean, this was a good 15 years ago. Yep, yep. Chris Beck has got to be commended well, for th- his vision. Thanks to Media24, thanks to WeChat, all these things that uh, start coming into this. No, that, that doesn't really matter because if we look at Tencent, yeah. that's what's driving the growth of the business today. Yeah. So if we look at multi-choice, it's going to be a dying stream revenue stream for, for NASPERS. Showmax should absorb a lot of that if they can get their packaging right. Mm. Yet Tencent is driving new growth with new customers in a very, very different way. So they redefined that. So they applied all three, refine, reinvent, and, and refocus. So talking multi-choice and content yes. distributors, broadcasters. We had Media Tech recently. Yeah. And one of the big focuses. Oh, you were so happy, uh, I, I quite like You Media really Tech. were happy. I'm already looking forward to it. was like a nice teaser for the IBC International Broadcast yeah. Conference I'm going to in September in Amsterdam. But um, Amsterdam. Amsterdam. Is, yeah. is, is your wife? We, do, we do get some work done. Okay. I was yeah, just yeah. going to say, does your wife go with you to make sure you no. behave? No, it's too busy. <laughs> it's too We're just busy. too busy. It's too busy. Is we're that just leaving it at that. We're too busy. <laughs> You're too busy.
But you know. it really is. It's quite busy. And the big, the big thing with a lot of the broadcasters, not just nationally, but like globally, yeah. is they're trying to push how do, cause live is not dead and live will not go down without a fight. Live TV, live yes. content. No, for sure. So sport, obviously sport's got its place. You can't beat live sport. Unless just you stream it. No, but still, you're going to stream it live. You're going to stream yes. it as it's happening. I want to see it. It's, it's, the video on demand is not so much of a, when I feel like it, you, yes. you cater your entire life experience around that moment. Yes. So sport is great and they're winning the war, but now they're trying to get into this. How do we make non-sport events, live non-sport yeah. events more relevant to the connected and interactive market? Yes. So, it. so yeah. they, they've, they have got the idea of this refocus and they're trying to maybe not so much reinvent because they yes. are still, they still want to make it live, but they're, they're creating moments for customers. So they're responding to their needs to be able to interact yes. in that space. And the only time you can interact is live. So you look at something like the voice. Yeah, 100%. Okay, so The Voice is doing things where they're doing live tweeting and live voting. Yes. And they're trying to it, it, it establish this. Maybe not The Voice locally. They're, they're getting there. Yeah. But The Voice in uh, the States are doing interactive live voting now. So yeah. tune in at that time on this channel and then have your say. And the amazing thing of that is that they've embraced the changing technology that probably could have taken a large share of their yeah. viewership away 100%. and pulled them back in. Yes. And that's the point though, is you don't always have to build an app. You don't always have to yeah. do something. It's about just understanding where things are and maybe just refining something to meet them where they are, you know, where your customers are. Well, I, and that's exactly the point because really, you know, you've got to build a business that is responsive to your customers ever changing needs. And you know, that implies you've got to go talk to your customer. Yeah. yeah. You know, that's, that's step number one. And we don't do that as, do you thing. hear a lot of, I mean, I'm laughing now, but do you, do you hear a lot of the clients come and say, we want to be responsive? Yes. To what? To what? Exactly. Responsive to your clients' needs. And that's the thing. You've got yeah. to be, and in order to know what your clients' needs are, be curious. Ask exactly. them a question. Be curious yeah. as to, if I do this, how do you react? If you do that, yeah. how do I react? Because it's no longer the shout of business and brand Absolutely. to consumers. It's this discussion. This, this, it is almost a partnership, if you will. It is, which is defined by the experience you have. Yes, absolutely. And I'm big absolutely. on the age of experience. I think you that's are. where it's where, it's where it's at, and that's for me is what's the future. Yeah, is it's all about the experience. It's about it those is. moments. Where where do you meet your customer, and where do your customers meet you? Those moments of pure magic. Yes, those moments. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And the truth is, the moment is is now. Everybody's we're we're focused on watch yeah. the future, watch the future, watch the future. Absolutely. But the future is it's happening right now. So yeah. where do you start? Start now. Start today. Start doing something. Um, but yeah, I, I think one one topic I want to just go back to. Yes. You mentioned education. You mentioned about yeah. how do we educate the workforce with this new bunch of skills? How do we how do we promote critical thinking in the workplace and just just in society in general? I, I think uh, you, you know it's it's a good question, Brett, and I think it's a very important question. In fact, it may be one of the most important questions. Um, and, and I've given this a lot of thought since we had Corin um, from Google yes. on the show. So long ago, yeah, so long ago. Because uh, you, you know, the more I looked at the future of work and kind of looked at at how do we actually stay relevant as as individual human beings to yeah. be able to create um, the, our, our ability to earn an income, it becomes more and more challenging. And, and mm. uh, uh, I, I think. It starts with the principle of curiosity yeah. and, and the ability to stay curious yeah. in, in a world that is ever-changing around us. And someone asked me on the Meltwater conversation that we had, you know, wh- what is um, what is curiosity? And I, I was kind of a bit flawed because I said, well, it's a human attribute. You're either curious or you're not. If it's you're a curi- serial killer of cats, apparently. It, it, it is, yeah. <laughs> but but if you're not curious, you better change it. And, you know, if, exactly. if, if, if you've got your blinkers on and you're not seeing what's coming and down the road, yeah. you've got to be very, very curious. And you've got to be able to connect disconnected dots. It's my example of my cell phone not getting solved within 24 hours versus Kindle solving my problem from somewhere else in the world. Yeah. You know, this is where your competition and, 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 and the capacity to come in. But, but it's also looking at, and, and I think this is why the futurology becomes so important for me as a show is what is the impact of blockchain on how we actually live? Because it's going to have a dramatic impact on, on how we live. Remember, politics follows economics, which follows technology, which defines how we live and behave. Um, and it's, it's a big one. When you talk about how we live and how we behave, sometimes they, the way we behave is yeah. not really how we want to live. 
Exactly. Sometimes where we find ourselves. Exactly. And some of that happens when we're not trying to regulate. And if we're going to have all these new processes, automation, things going in there that are unregulated, it becomes dangerous for society because we as humans are bad enough for trying to maintain our behaviors and our, and our way of life. So to have processes that are well regulated to help guide us through these bumpy change roads is important. And I like blockchain. And I don't think enough people know about blockchain. No, I don't think they do. And it would be better, like we spoke about, I'm going to make a dinner. I want you to chop carrots. Like, it'd be great if clients actually came to us and said, we know blockchain's important. Yes. We don't know enough about it. Help us find a place for it to to, to sit. Or, or maybe it's not uh, so much blockchain, but it's this idea of distributed ledger technology yeah, that's absolutely. that's helping to regulate and and sort of just under, underpin the way we yeah. operate. Absolutely. But, but I think before we do it, they're too scared to ask the questions because they're not curious enough. They're not curious enough and and they don't understand it, which is the first stop. That's the starting point to solving the problem. Yes. You know, everything starts with understanding. Um, and, and, and to, to come back to the actual question, um, education, education, uh, uh, Brett, it's, it's, it's a concern. Yeah. You know, and, and on one side, I'm feeling quite comfortable because I look at my 10 and 12 or 13 year old. Yeah. And, and I'm, I'm not as worried about the fact that Vits may fall over tomorrow because I know that there's a replacement for Vits. You know, they can go and do. Is any, it called Google? It, no, it's called MIT. It's called yes. Harvard. It's called all. It's called these, this global village. We're all closer exactly, than we thought. Exactly. And they can go and study anything that they actually want. They won't get the MIT. Um, a degree, yeah. but they'll get a certification on engineering, anything yeah. that they actually need to. So, so their ability to learn is, is cool. And it's not them I'm worried about, but you know what? It's, it's the guys who are sitting on the tail end of their careers. Yeah. Um, the guys who are sitting there saying, everything's changing around me and I don't know no. yeah. how to stay relevant. I didn't even know there was a train, let alone the fact that exactly. I had to run to catch it. Exactly. So yeah. you've got, how old are your kids? Uh, 10 and 12, 10 and, uh, 10 and, 20, 10 and 13, 10 and 13. Yeah. I'm going to so, get, I'm going to get a smack. Yeah, yeah. Dad, I'm 13. Yeah, what the future dad. Yeah. Um, I've got a four year old daughter. Yes. I have no idea what we're raising her up to be. What world is she going to have yeah, when exactly. she's 18? So exactly. in 14 years time, I mean, that's, it's, it's unimaginable really at this point. No, it's totally so unimaginable. We instill in her this idea of critical thinking, problem solving, the yes. the bravery within her to be able to solve a problem that she's encountered. Is that why she's always stealing your cell phone? Yes, and she knows <laughs> she knows the birthday number. She knows that if and she says, "What's your birth? What's the what's the birthday number?" I'm like, "Well, it isn't a birthday number." But she knows to get my phone and uh, put my thumb on it. Yeah, a four year old. It terrifies me. Uh, but but I, I do love that she's actually worked out the logic. Most people use their birth year. Yeah, she's she's <laughs> hopefully she's a white hack, a uh, white hat hacker when yeah. she when she goes up and doesn't. In, in fact, my kids worked that one out as well. So I had to make up some random number. It's frustrating. Yeah, yeah, I've got a random number in it as well, which is why she gets frustrated. But she knows the thumb works. So. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But that's the thing. So in in sort of my generation of of people working the the thirty somethings, yeah. the sort of twenty eight to thirty. Eight range, like we've been yeah. working long enough to have some experience, but this is the dawn of the slashy. We're seeing a lot of people not knowing what the skill sets are required for us to work in. So it's a slashy. So a slashy. Is see, some, that's how old I am. So no, no. But this is something that comes out. I mean, you know about it because of where you're at. But yeah. slashy is somebody that'll have a number of different jobs at a number of different businesses while searching yeah. for the bit that they respond to the most. Used to be. You, you would work 40 years in a company yeah. and you'd get a gold watch and a high five on the way out the door. Yoo-hoo. Yeah. But now it's okay to work somewhere for a year, two years. And it's actually almost encouraged to some extent because, you know, there are two reasons why people will do this. Either they're salary hopping or yeah. they haven't found they're, they're comfortable in themselves that they're looking for something that they want to do where they can impact a change. Yeah. So, and I think that's where the entrepreneurial spirit starts to pick up. So they've learned enough about where it is. I mean, I was a slashy. I suppose for yeah. for a while. I mean, okay. I would do something for a year, and I do this. And Move on. You look at the style of the business that we've got. I mean, we've got four different businesses with different focuses. Yeah, and you can either call that ADD, ADD, or slashy. Or well, I like to I like to call it N N N L M T, non-linear multitasking. Uh, the ability to do this con- really is ADD. You yeah. actually sat down and thought about yeah, it. Yeah, it's non-linear multitasking. The ability to perform any new task at any time during yeah. the execution of a previous task. And uh, I can't do that. I, no, I'm too simple. There is this ability to do this. And I'm not saying I'm very good at it. Yeah. But the ability to find other people that are good with. And that's where collaboration yeah, is important. I, absolutely. So absolutely. This, it's not just a, the idea of critical thinking. The education is more. It's So, yes, be a problem solver. 
be yeah. understand that there are needs that need solving and be a problem solver with critical thinking and apply it. Yes. So that's great for education. But there's this ability and this understanding that we need to work together because you're great at doing something and yeah. I'm great at doing something. Uh, uh, absolutely. Uh, I, te- I think that's helping to change. If you take it away from digital. Yeah, it's certainly helping the gig economy because I have a problem with the idea of slashies. And, and I'll tell you why. Yeah. Um, because at the end of the day, you've got to have skin in the game. You know, and, and if we're all searching for the, the absolute perfect job, guess what? It doesn't actually exist. Yet. No, it doesn't exist and it never will exist. I like that, my job. You, you know what, Brett? You get frustrated, you move on, you do different things. Yeah, yeah. And it's the nature of human beings. Yeah. We, 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 we're blessed with, with greatness and, 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 and the Ambition. Yeah, yeah, but also we, we, we blessed with, um, the, the, the converse of that. You know, there's yeah. a darkness and a light to, to, to human beings. You're never going to find the perfect job. No. And the job that you do is the meaning that you actually give the job. And the problem was when I see a CV with, the, with that nine months, nine months, I kind of look at the individual. How many kids have you got? <laughs> no, no. Um, yeah. I, I look at the individual. Yeah. Every nine months yeah. I stop working because I'm on paternity leave. No. You, you know what? I, I used to actually call them the kindergarten about 10 years ago. Yeah. Because they used to drive me nuts. And, and it was like dealing with a bunch of, a bunch of children. Um, but the problem is, a, it says that you don't have the discipline to follow through on a specific task True. because you give up too quickly because it's not good enough, which means you don't actually have skin in the game, which means you're not actually going to do a good job for me in the first place. But also the second part of that is you're actually giving up on the depth of experience that comes with actually grinding out that job, even if it's for yeah. two years. And and for me, that that's the big issue. Certainly gig economy, if you want to play that way, and, and, and you want to hop around jobs and the gig economy can solve that problem for you and give you a living. Yeah. Fantastic. Go for it. But don't come do it in my business because I'll kick you out the door very, very quickly. But look what's happened. Silicon Valley has almost bred an entire generation of the startup yeah. mentality. They have. And we're okay to fail because we're we okay learn. To fail. So I can work on five different projects in one year that take three months each. Four of them may have failed. You, you know, and what? I didn't leave that job because I couldn't cut it. The idea yeah. just didn't work, so we it, stopped it. For sure. So on my CV, I'm going to tell you, I worked there. I did this. It didn't work, not because of me, because of the market. Because of the market. And you know what the challenge with that is? And, and I'm just playing the counterpoint yeah, to yeah, your I'm, point here. Um, you, you, know, you know, Silicon Valley is funded through very, very cheap capital. Uh, and, and the problem is there's a financial crisis that's looming and it's coming to hit. And that money is going to dry up and the, the, the affordability to fail in the way that Silicon Valley is actually failing and the kind of extremities that they've taken it to. There are going to be challenges going forward for them because the money is not going to be as freely available because it's cheap capital. They're paying 0% interest rate yeah. on, on money that the banks are throwing at them through quantitative easing so, effectively. It's a futurology show and we've had a number of great yes. topics. Um I mean, this is, this is great because it's kind of a golden thread uh, around some of the, the guests that we've had over the, yeah, over the past is, couple of months. It? But w- we've had, um, Justin McCarthy come in and talk about, uh, yeah. universal basic income or he's got, uh, Yubu, Ubu? Ubu. And Ubu. do you not think that a slightly more fulfilling existence of, of working and playing is maybe more of the future than, than this, this endless pursuit of money? I, I definitely do think so. Um, you know, cause the problem is if, if we look at, come back to the, the world of disruption, what is the one industry that has not actually been disrupted fundamentally? I want to say banking. It is banking. And, and it's because they create, they, they, they control the management of money. And money is still the driving force in our economy and everything has come down to, to rands and cents. Um, and, and, that that when that breaks or that where that transforms, mm. um, and certainly this is where the projects like Project Uber will have a huge impact because Uber, it's, yeah. you know, Uber, yeah, yeah. I keep saying it, right. and, and and Justin keeps slapping me. I was actually at their launch the other night. They they they're doing amazing stuff. They, they really are moving at, at a tremendous pace. So yeah, I mean, we're we're talking about a lot of our po- past podcasts and stuff. Yeah. But uh, if you're listening. Well worth a listen. Go, yeah. go, go listen into the, the death of consulting and all those things, yes. those controversial ones that we've had in the past and, yeah. um, universal basic income. We've even touched on farming. I mean, we did. This is all stuff that's going to change and we, we can talk about what's the future yes. and we can talk about refinery focus reinvent. But unless we actually look at this big macro economy of the global, yeah. on a global scale, how does farming affect the, For the sure. accountants? Absolutely. Really? At the end of the day, and how and how do jobs tomorrow through automa- automation and farming start to change the way education works today? 
They're amazing questions, but I want to ask you a question. What what yeah. do you see with all of this change going around? What do you see the biggest disruptors from where you're sitting? And if we look at specifically at Africa, because we are Africans, I, I disruption has always come across to me as this idea of um, the emperor's new clothes. Yeah, it's we in the digital space in this transformation space. There's always buzzwords, and I think a lot of a lot of disruption happens without any sort of planning. Yeah. So I, I anybody that says I'm planning disruption, go to sleep. Yeah. Like, come on. <laughs> exactly. Because, no, yeah, you can plan to innovate, but you don't actually know you've innovated until you look back. Yeah. You don't know that the innovation, the innovated product or the thing that you've created is actually disrupted until it's disrupted. Yeah, exactly. So to plan to be disruptive is actually to plan to be interrupting. Yeah, rather, and it's, 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 it's a refined model because you're thinking you, you think you're disrupting yourself, and that's and that's sort of the the idea that I mean I cling very much into this the ideologies and the philosophies. Obviously, I'm a digital yeah. philosopher, but the, the the ideology of design led thinking. Yeah, this let's find the problems that need to be solved. Let's yes. find out why we want to solve them before we start to look at how we solve them and with what we solve them with. Yes, because when you Realize that there is a problem, first of all. Yeah. Great. Well done. High five to everybody that realizes that maybe yeah. in your enterprise or your business, there is potentially a problem. Well done. You're, you're yeah. 50% of the way there. The next bit is actually saying, well, now we need to make a change, not yes. how do we change it? We don't need to worry about the how. We need, we need to, to know that the why is we need to make a change because tomorrow will be a different world. Yes. So the why we're we changing is because tomorrow is changing. Yeah. Absolutely. And, from that, I mean, there are, there's going to be, there's going to be a, a huge uprising of consultants in sort of our what's the future role because there are going to be the people that know and the people that have experience in, yeah. in affecting relevant and effective change in the future. Yeah. And I think we do need to look at guiding light consulting. It, there needs to be that space. This, this idea of trying to find things off the shelf, those days are gone. So I think the disruptive uh. forces are going to come more in a way of thinking. Than in products and services. Yeah, I, 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 I think it's a great point because it comes back to the idea that we're always becoming, mm. which is what consulting actually has to become. And open our brains up to the idea that change is necessary. It's yeah. a thing that we can work with rather than yeah. against. And I think too many enterprises are trying to avoid change. I hate the term future-proof. Yeah. Hate it. Future-proof. Bullshit. Nothing is future-proof. Yeah. So, oh, I want to foreverize it. I want to future-proof it. No. Yeah. All you can do is buy yourself some time. Unless you've got a proper strategy in place, Brad. No, but that's the thing. The strategy might be future-proof. Yes. We've got a strategy that involves how we deal yes. with, how we respond to change in the future. Exactly. We're not telling you what that change is because we don't know yet, we don't but know. we're allowing ourselves Absolutely. to be responsive. And we're not, we're not being liars about it. I'm not going to tell you that a, a block is a block and it will stay a block for as yes. long as we need a block. Well, that's it'll, a, it'll become a blockchain. No. Well, it might just become a chain. <laughs> it might just become, might a, just become a DLT. <laughs> yeah, it might. It might. But that's the thing. I think the the change, the, the more fundamental change will be in the way of thinking yeah. rather than how we and what we use to get there. And so, I think that's critical. So what for are me. you, what are you most excited about then? The fact that that change is coming. The fact that. So you love the unknown. I love the philosophies. I love the fact yeah. that we can question stuff. I, I'm, I'm in, innately curious. Yeah. I am always curious. Like I, I wonder why you wore that shirt today, but we can talk about that afterwards. We, we can. It's a very nice <laughs> shirt beautiful. for anyone listening. It really brings, I've brings out my, your complexion. I've actually got my shirt on on this podcast. Yes. Cause I really have a body for podcasts. A chest for radio. <laughs> yes, <yeah. laughs> No, but I, th- I am really excited about the fact that I truly believe that a change of thinking, this, and a, the renaissance is this yeah. awakening to new ideas. So this digital renaissance, yeah. this future renaissance, yeah. the fact that the future could be a better place because of what we make of it. 100%. Is, is the thing that excites me the most because the most I know from that we will have a plethora of amazingness come yeah. from this and a, this awesome everywhere. Yeah. But it's going to start with a change of thinking. If you're going to take stubborn, ignorant, old school ways of thinking and legacy infrastructure yeah. and try to say what got us here is what's going to get us further. No, no. So, so <laughs> to use the term that you hate so much, future proof. Yeah. Um, how are you future, future proofing your business? Just as, an, as, as with this world of unknown change. I don't believe I need to find a strategy right now that actually future proofs the way we're doing anything now okay. because we've always maintained a level of agility and um, we diversified really quickly so yeah. 
we like to look at. So your curiosity is your future proof. Yeah, I think what I'd like to do in the future is to make sure that it, the business can outlive me. Yeah, I think, and I think a lot of startups and entrepreneurs need to start focusing on that. Yes. How do we build sustainable businesses that outlive us and that are maybe bigger than ourselves? And I think sustainability, a view for for sustainability, yeah. is is a great view for the future. Uh, absolutely. In fact, that reminds me of a point. Um, you know, we we were talking about the the failings in in Silicon Valley, and and the idea is you actually have two types of startups. One is a yeah. financial instrument. That is designed to be sold for share value. And the other one is the sustainability. And we don't have enough sustainability yeah. startups coming through, which really speaks to my heart about well, the sustainability uh, yeah. and, and the goodness that comes exactly. out of it. Exactly. What is the most sustainable good? I mean, yeah. we've said that a couple of times yeah. now. I think we're going to keep saying that because yeah. it really is so true. There's this discussion on, on YouTube and, and everywhere else is either create or consume. You choose. Are you a creator or are you a consumer? And I like the idea of being a creator. I like the idea that we can – yes, we can consume – but let's try and create while we consume. Yeah. Let's 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 uh, do something. I'm with you on that one. And I'm with so you. choose to create or consume. And the other side is to innovate or not, to to change or not. You don't have a choice. No, but the thing is, you stay. If you stand still, you're just going to end up at the back of the line. Yeah, you will. You will. And yeah, it's yeah. it's it's weird. It's it it does feel that. We're trying to make magic happen. And yeah. I think sometimes people are waiting in this, this false expectation that magic is happening. And it's coming. Boom. All of a sudden, you know, you, you, you don't want to look for trouble by, yeah. by changing too rapidly. But the truth is that trouble will find you if you do not do Absolutely. something. And that, you know, if there, are, there are enough problems, but I, I maintain that there are more solutions than there are problems. And we're trying to find a way that, People get let down when the right solution didn't just manifest itself yeah. in front of them magically. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I, one of the quotes that I had in a talk a while back it was this like this manifestation. It's it's magic, but it's it's as if a flying pig delivered bad news that only a unicorn could put right. <laughs> Did the pig have lipstick? Probably. I mean, it's still a swine <laughs> at the end of the day. But this and, and all of this happens under a blue moon. Yeah. And the thing is, we we can't wait for the stars to align. No, we can't. Change is going to happen. It's going to happen. And it's going to happen in front of you. It's yeah. going to happen around you. It's going to happen under you. you so warm up to it. the best thing is to do is to fully just to be curious, ask the right questions, yep. get some level of understanding so that you can start to refine, refocus, and reinvent if that's what's yeah. needed. Absolutely. Because I, ca- I can guarantee you it is needed. It is needed. You and don't I, have a choice. Yeah. But the thing is, the people are asking, it leaves people asking, what now? What now? And the truth is, ask that question. Don't ask what now. It's like, what can I do now? What can be done now? And I think too many people are too afraid to stand up and say, in the face of the struggle, what can be done? Rather than saying, oh my goodness, it's a struggle. I can do nothing. Yes. Let's march. Yes. So hashtag make a difference. Hashtag what's the future. There's all of these things. Like you really can start to make a difference. And it's about getting on with it. No, exactly. And, and, And really to sum it up, the future is now. The future really is now. So, Mike, fantastic show. I really enjoyed uh, the time we spent together today. And until next week, this has been the Futurology Show. This is CliffCentral.com.